This is John Nix, and you're listening to the One More Verse podcast. One More Verse is a resource designed to help people understand the Bible. The passage for today is 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. Most people are familiar with today's passage. Some people call it the love chapter. You may have seen it on coffee cups and wall plaques and different things, but it's important for us to remember exactly where this falls and what's happening uh, that Paul would write this sort of thing. You see, the church at Corinth, we like to think of it maybe in terms of, you know, everybody needs to be like the New Testament church. The New Testament church was so great, and we should all be that way. And that's true, but you need to remember a couple of things. One, you are the New Testament church. And two, the New Testament church was not perfect. As a matter of fact, it was a long way from it. You need to know that 1 Corinthians, when the letter is received, you can imagine the church gathering, the elders as they get there, and they take this letter and they begin to read, and Paul tells them, you know, he's apostle, and he gives thanks for them, and everybody's like, this is so great. But then, immediately, it shifts, and he says, listen, there's struggles in this body. And he begins to unpack that they are divided, there's sexual immorality, there's lawsuits between its members, there are, there's marriage, there's divorce, there's people doing things they ought not to around the Lord's Supper, there's confusion about core Christian doctrines, they're arguing about how you ought to behave and worship. So when we find ourselves here in chapter 13, it's important not to just dismiss all the rest of the book and just take verses 4 through 7. You need to know that Paul is in the middle of unpacking this great understanding and teaching on spiritual gifts, but he reaches this point in chapter 13 and he tells them a couple of things. He says, listen, if you have incredible talents and gifts, if you can speak in the tongue of men and angels, that's, that's great. But if you don't have love, you're just making a lot of noise. You can have powers of prophecy. You can understand mysteries and knowledge. You can even have the kind of faith that might move mountains. But if you don't have love, you don't have anything. You can give every single thing that you own to the poor. And if you don't have love, you gain nothing. You can be a martyr and give your body surrendered to the flames. But if you don't have love, you gain nothing. You see, the supreme ethic in the kingdom, the evidence of grace in our lives must be found in love. Paul is just keeping in line with the same thing that Jesus taught. He said, listen, I'm giving you a new command. Love one another as I have loved you. And this is the way that people are going to know that you belong to me, that you're a part of the kingdom. It's not going to be because you guys have an incredibly beautiful building. You have the coolest band. You have the best speakers. They're those that have uh, they're better servants than others. The, the way that people are going to know that you belong to Jesus, and this is what Jesus said, is by the way that you love one another. And so Paul begins to walk out. What, what does that look like? Okay, great. We're supposed to love one another. But so many times in, in our understanding of love, it is so superficial. It's as if it's this uncontrollable emotion that we're just, you know, at the hands of fate and we can't do anything with it. That Christian love is just, you know, it's very sentimental and it's just supposed to be this warm and fuzzy feeling. But that's not the truth at all. And when Paul helps us to understand it, he gives us a description Certainly in this description, we see our king uh, exemplify these things. But he tells us, you want to know what Christian love looks like? Well, it's patient. Uh, and boy, and that's something we struggle with. It's, it's kind. 
It's not envying other people. It's not boasting about how good it is. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. You, you don't have to have things go your way all the time. You're, you're not irritable. You're not resentful when other people succeed. You're not rejoicing when somebody fails in wrongdoing. You rejoice in the truth. Because love's going to bear all things and believe all things and hope all things. It's going to endure all things. Love never ends. It's one of those things for us that we, we need to understand. We have such a superficial understanding of love that for most people, they either try to describe it as this uncontrollable force that you just, you can't help you love what you love. But Christian love, according to John Stott, I love this quote. He said, Christian love is not the victim of our emotions, but the servant of our will. You see, it is in the kingdom ethic that we consider others better than ourselves. It is in the kingdom ethic that we know that to be the greatest, we have to be the least. You see, when it comes to our understanding of how we are to view ourselves, it's about humility and it's all about love. And Paul wants these Corinthians to know, listen, you're very cosmopolitan. Where do you live? It's multicultural. There are a lot of ideals. It's very religious. There's a lot of money that flows through town. There's all kinds of things. But some of you misunderstand the truth that the gospel, the gospel is all about love. And we must give ourselves away for the sake of the gospel that others may know Jesus. This idea of love is not some overly sentimental, you know, it's just, I have these warm, fuzzy feelings. No, uh, this Christian love is the servant of our will where we die to ourselves so that we may give ourselves away for others. When it comes to Christian love, we we have really boiled things down to this um, understanding that really doesn't look at all like what Paul is describing here. And so as he walks through and he he gives us all this description about what it looks like and tells us that it never ends, he reminds them, hey, prophecies are going to go away. Tongues will cease. Knowledge is going away. We, We know some things now. We prophesy now. But when the perfect comes, all of this is going to pass away. And then there's this verse that for a lot of people, when you read 1 Corinthians 13, you're like, why'd that get stuck in there? What does that have to do with anything? Because he said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child and I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish ways. You have to understand when this is taken in its context. If you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul just calls them a bunch of babies. He said, listen. You guys are immature, you're infantile in your understanding. I can't even talk to you like spiritual people. You guys are running around uh, operating in the flesh. And so I want you to know that maturity in Christ is marked by love. And the reason that that's going to happen is as you grow up, you're going to put away those childish things in those childish ways. Yes, we see in a, in a mirror dimly now, but there is coming a day when face to face will be known. We, we know little bits now, but then we'll fully know him as we are fully known. And so he comes to the end and he says, listen, uh, now faith, hope, and love abide these threes, but the greatest of these is love. You see, when it comes to love, we've got to understand that the, the apologetic to the world around us is not going to be by us getting on social media and ranting against the things that we hate and just trying to sow seeds of discord and going after one another in impersonal 
just sort of, I'm throwing out my ideas here and there and everybody should just bend to my will. No, we, we've got to understand that what's going to show people that we belong to Jesus and what's going to make the church attractive is not how cool she is and how many relevant things she does, but it's going to be love. D.A. Carson says this, the greatest evidence that heaven has invaded our sphere, that the spirit has been poured out upon us, that we are citizens of a kingdom not yet consummated, is Christian love. And so Paul concludes by saying, listen, here's these three, faith, hope, and love. Now this triad, he he uses on multiple occasions. You can find it in Romans 5 and Galatians 5. You can find it in 1 Thessalonians. You can find it in Ephesians. You can find it in Colossians. He uses this triad, but he comes and he says the greatest of these is love. And a lot of times we love the superlatives. We want to compare and say, well, yep, this one's the best. This one's okay. And we want to set them against one another. That's not what Paul is doing. Paul's not saying, hey, let's have a contest between faith, hope, and love. And guess what? Love comes out on top. No, what we need to understand is this. Faith is only proper when it has the right object. And the right object of our faith is Jesus. And although according to Hebrews chapter 11, we we can't see him, but we are convinced and we are confident in what he's done, there's coming a day when we will see Jesus again. The object of our faith will be in sight. As the old hymn will say, the clouds will be rolled back as a scroll. The the trump shall resound and the Lord will descend. And even so, it is well with my soul. No, the reason that love is greater than faith is because faith will one day be realized and the object of our faith will become sight. The reason that love is greater than hope is that right now we have this hope, but it's a hope deferred. We know that one day we will be in heaven, we will be with God, and all things will be set right, and so we have that hope. But the reason that love is greater is not because we're in a contest, but it's because Jesus one day will restore all things and set all things right. Our hope will be realized in heaven, and we will be with God. No, the greatest of these is love. For our salvation is rooted in the God who is love. Our salvation is rooted in the love that is shared between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. As the Father decrees, the Son accomplishes, and the Spirit applies. The greatest of these is love. So let me ask you, follower of Jesus, if I were to take a survey, if I were to ask the people in your home, the people in your classroom, the people on the ball field or the practice room or the mall, Hey, can you tell that this person belongs to Jesus by the way that they love? What would they say? May his banner over us be love. May love be the supreme ethic. May we move on from childish things. May we grow so that the evidence of grace at work in our lives pours out to one another as the outside world sees that we truly love one another. Thanks for listening to the One More Verse podcast. For more information about Vertical Purpose or One More Verse, visit us online at johnnicks.org. You can connect with us on social media. Just use the handle TheJohnNix. And don't forget to download the free Vertical Purpose app for additional resources. Thanks again, and join me tomorrow for the One More Verse podcast.